fantastic. And then we have online viewers. So thank you, online people, for watching uh, each and every week. We have a large number of people that watch uh, online. We're so thankful for that. Thankful for you. Thankful for Grace Church. Um, so we're, we're, we're in the harvest season. October is kind of harvest month. Uh, if you're in an agricultural state, which uh, the central part of North Carolina is, uh, back in the Midwest, generally speaking, 90, 95% of the states are agricultural. So it's an easy message to preach because they see it. Here, it depends on if you're a garden grower or if you're from the Piedmont area, the agricultural part, or if you're from the north or maybe uh, the Midwest where you're familiar with uh, agricultural uh, definitions. Jesus used them an awful lot uh, metaphorically and through parables on giving, sowing, and reaping. So we're going to talk about that this month. It won't. Every message won't be on uh, giving, like bringing a tithe to the storehouse or sowing good seed. It may be uh, evangelistic. It may be spiritual. It may be tangible, like we're going to talk today. So this month we'll talk about the harvest. Why? Because one. Uh, God wants us to go out and get the harvest. Jesus says, uh, the harvest is white. It's ready to be picked. Now pray ye therefore to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. So the harvest is there. He just needs us to go out and get people. So we need to be a church that invites people. We need to be a church that includes people. We need to be a church that helps by the power of God change people however they need to be changed. It's not our duty to, right, to change people to our standards. It's God's power through the Holy Spirit to change people according to his word, okay? So all we have to do is receive people just the way they are and then watch God change them from the inside out, and that's the coolest, best miracle of all. And so we're going to talk today out of Galatians, the sixth chapter, really good verses, six through ten, some of my favorite in scripture, something that Janie and I have applied to our life for the last 42 plus years, okay? And there's a couple qualities that we've taken into our marriage. One promise that we made to each other was unity, that we would walk through things together, thick and thin, high and low. We would walk together in unity. And if we had conversation because we disagreed on something, we would converse on that. And then we would come to the conclusion. We would be united in that front. And then we would move forward. And the second would be uh, sowing good seed. We would be givers. We'd be givers of our time, of our talents, of our treasures. We would give to God things that he would require from us. Not everybody gives the same thing, okay? But there are some of the same ways that we can give. It's important that as we talk about the scriptures today uh, that we look at bringing a tithe into the storehouse, but it's also important about our emotional physical actions, things we say. If we speak life or if we speak death, that power is in the tongue. And the Bible says there are many that live the fruit thereof. So in other words, what we say, there's going to be a fruit. There'll be a harvest of the things that we talk about, of the things that we speak. So let me pray, and then we'll go into our first scripture, and we'll talk about a few, and then I've got some points for you. You might want to grab your phone and take snapshots of the screen, because the things you'll be able to take with you, hopefully for the rest of your life. Father, we love your word. We thank you. We love you. 
you. We thank you for the things you've provided for us. Thank you for keeping people safe in the, uh, the hurricane. We pray for those people in Florida and parts of South Carolina that you would continue to help them, uh, give them the need, uh, the things they need, give them grace and mercy, tangible things, Father. Bless them. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing of Grace Church and your grace upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. Galatians 6, 6 says, let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. And so simply put, Paul is saying, hey, let's teach and learn from each other. If I've got a nugget that I can share with you, great. If you have one that you can share with me or a neighbor or a coworker or a family member, then so do it. We need to be sharing back and forth. And that's important because Paul has a nugget. He's got like, I'm, I've found something. I'm not going to hang on to myself. I'm going to give it out. All right. And so this is the word of God. This is sowing and reaping. And Jesus talks about sowing and reaping throughout the New Testament, throughout the gospels. Verse number seven says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows that will he also reap. Verse number eight, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And let's not grow weary of doing good, for in due season, due season is kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S. That's a word, kairos, which means a window of opportunity. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. In other words, if we don't abort the seed or the mission, so then, as we have opportunity, same word, kairos, as we have an open window, let us do good to everyone. Everybody say everyone. So who am I supposed to do good to? Everyone. One more time, everyone. I can't pick and choose. Well, they're not my same political party. They're not my same ethnicity. They, they didn't grow up in the same city I grew up in. They don't look like me or think like me or act like me. But Paul says by the unction and the power of the Holy Spirit, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. And so we're to do good to everybody, but even then, on, on top of that, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Father, bless your word and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So we look at the harvest, all right? We're looking at the harvest all month long because it's October, it's harvest season, and if you're in an agricultural state, this is what you see and this is what you get. And you have harvesters out there. So you have spiritual harvesters out there, you have evangelical harvesters out there. Marcus is an evangelical harvester. So he trains pastors on how to train their churches to mobilize people for spiritual conversation. How many people have you mobilized this year, Marcus, would you say? 120,000 people mobilized this year for spiritual conversation. That's amazing. The ten, over 10,000 a month, all right? So 12,000 a month going into October. And so it, we, we look at it as not just doing church on Sundays, but being the church throughout the week. Well, part of that is this tangible uh, part. And today we'll, we'll talk about tithing, but it's more than tithing. I'll give you a, a story. Janie and I had a, a business partner named Rita. Rita was a very nice person, very compassionate, loved to help people, and she was from a mainline denomination. She knew my uh, 
my relationship with Christ in a more intimate way, and we would have really good, deep uh, spiritual conversations. And so uh, before we went into business together, uh, I, was, I called on her uh, as an account of mine, and she had a clerical error of a quarter of a million dollars that she had no idea like where the money went, you know, did somebody, what happened? Was it fraudulent? She just knew that she um, could possibly go to jail if something happened, you know, like what, what, what happened? What, what in the world, Mark, I don't know what happened. I said, well, how do you, I mean, how do you feel? What's, what are you going to do? He said, I don't, I don't know. The only thing that comes to me is, is to tithe. Now, isn't that the dumbest thing in the world? I said, no, actually it's not the dumbest thing at all. It's, it's probably a God thing. It's probably Holy Spirit just dealing with you on how do you, how do you, you know, how do you get out of this, this mess? You think giving money away will get me out of this mess? I said, no, but following God's principle will get you out of this mess. And whenever we follow God's principles, we don't give to get, we give out of obedience. And so uh, we prayed right there in her office. And I said, let's just pray and ask the Lord, do you tithe? I said, my wife and I have tithed at that time. Janie and I were married for, I don't know, I wouldn't know, you know, 12 years, 12 or maybe 12 to 15 years, depending on uh, the time frame of that account, 12 to 15 years. I said, yes, my wife and I tithe. We came into our marriage saying we're going to tithe to the church and we're going to be blessed because of it. Now, did we have some lean years? Yes, we had some lean years. But did, did we ever go without? Never went without. Did we go without things that we wanted? Of course we did. Everybody goes, I, you know, I want a brand new Porsche in the parking lot, but I don't have one. I mean, you know, if, if God's dealing with you, I mean, that, that would be okay. I would accept it. No, I'm so, <laughs> all right, it could be a couple of years old. Uh, 69 would be, no, 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 no. So, so I prayed, uh, I told Janie, came home that night and said, hey, uh, this account of mine, her name's Rita, went into the details. So she really is asking us to pray. I mean, she's concerned and she's going to start tithing. Now, Here's the other thing. I didn't ask you to tie to the church that we went to. I said, tie to your church. If that's the church, if that's where you get fed, tie to your church. That's where you're supposed to bring your tithe and offering. And so she, she said she would. And so I was scheduled to call back on her in three months. And so I did. I made an appointment, called back on her. And, and she like, she was tearing up. And I said, hey, what, how's it going? Is what, everything okay? And, and she said, yeah, you know, I start tithing to my church on a weekly basis. Said, awesome. How's that going for you? And, and she said, you know, that debt that I had? I said, yeah, it's been completely forgiven. It was completely relieved. We figured out where the problem was. And there was a problem. And the problem was on me. But the account that I called on that I had, that I misplaced, you know, they completely forgave it and all is good. And she, we just had church in her office. Now, will that happen for everybody? I don't know. I'm just saying when we abide by God's principles and we abide by God's laws, all right, certain things happen. So I'm going to give you five like principles or five laws, okay, that go with giving. Again, this could be giving of your time. This could be giving of your resources, of your tithe. We are a tithing church. We believe that a, a member of Grace Church should bring their tithe to the house of the Lord. Why is that? So we can have a lot of money and do a lot of great things? No. It's so that we can help put a roof on the Nicaraguan orphanage. It's so that we can feed, you know, uh, 10,000 meals a month in Haiti. It's so that we can help out in Cherokee. It's so that we can uh, preach the gospel. Uh, this year alone, 
I've preached on television, I think, a half a dozen times, and we know for a fact that over 60,000 people have come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So that's, that's what God does. That, that, that's where we know lives are being changed, along, along with the people in this house. And so I'm going to give you five things. Number one, you can only reap what is sown. It's impossible to reap anything else. And you look at it in the agricultural setting. If you plant a peach tree, what should you get from that tree? Peaches. What if lemons come out of it? Man, that would be weird, right? Like, hey, I planted a peach tree and I got some lemons. Not going to happen, ever. Not going to happen. If you plant a peach tree, you're going to get peach. You can only reap what is sown. So if I am always negative, if I'm always complaining, if I'm always mean, what am I going to get? Negativity, meanness, all those things are going to happen back to me. If I only sow good stuff, I'm going to get good stuff. Well, Pastor, what about that mean person? Yes, but you'll not handle that mean person because you're always sowing good. And the Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. All right? So even in the wisdom of Solomon, when someone is mean to you or complaining to you, God will give you the wisdom on how to handle it. You can only reap what you sow. This is called the law of the seed and the law of inheritance. All right, so Jane and I are working on our, we have a 10 or 15 year plan on just in case the Lord, or whenever the Lord takes us home, we know we're going to die at some point in time. We want to leave the kids an inheritance. So, so far they're each going to get 50 bucks. <laughs> it's not a lot, but it's an inheritance, right? 50 to you and 50 to you and 50 to you back there and 50 to you online. All of them get 50 and then they can share it with their kids. And Andrew and Emily don't have any kids yet, so they get all of it. They'll give this some to Bo, uh, their dog. And then Marcus and Charity got it. You know, Jesse's got to split it with Brady and John. They don't have to, but it'd be the right thing to do because a good man holds up an inheritance for his children's children. So I might bypass them and just give all their kids 50 bucks. Make them really mad when they read the will. Ah, oh, he skipped us. So this is heavy on my heart, is that all, the, all of the money, all those 50s, 200, there might be a little bit more, but most of that, the 50 that we're putting away, my goal is to never use it. My goal is to give it over to them, right? Why? Because that's, the Bible says that's what a good man does. Like I, and I'm not, listen, you, if you put it away and you want to spend it, rock the boat and go spend it, buy the biggest yacht you can find in a camper and travel the world. I'm for you. I'm just saying, but whatever I reap, that's what's going to be, or whatever I sow, that's what's going to be reaped. This is an inheritance that God has given us as a principle of the law. When we look at God's principles, like if I step off of this platform, which way am I going? Down. I'm not going to go up. It's the principle of gravity. It's the law of gravity, the law of God. And so when we look at, we look at today as just a simple teaching, all right? If I walk into a gym, I've worked out my whole life, my whole adult life, ever since high school. If I go into the gym, there's going to be equipment I don't know how to use, so I need to ask somebody. I've had to ask Janie before. If we go to the local gym and she works out there, hey, how do you do, how do, you do that? I feel kind of ignorant, okay? Or I'll ask my son, Andrew, he, he, he wants to work out. Or I'll ask Marcus, huh? how do you do this? And I've worked out my whole life. So maybe you've been in church your whole life, but you're not exactly sure 
what it means to give or, or how to give. I want to teach you that today, the principles of giving. Again, not only financial, but emotional or relational giving. You can only reap what is so number two. Sowing proclaims God's law. The nature of God's law states this. Let's go back to verse 7 again. Do not be deceived. That word deceive is planio. It means to wander or lead astray or actually to be deceived. So do not be led astray. God is not mocked. That word mock is melkteresio, which means to turn your nose up. In other words, I don't have to give or I don't have enough to give or what, why, why do they want my money or why do they want my time? What do they want me in the nursery for? They've got somebody else. It's almost to turn our nose up and say, no, that's not for me. That's for somebody else. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Everybody say reap. Now I want you to stop for five seconds. And I want you just to wonder, hey, am I reaping the right reward? Is, is, if, man, if, is, am I sowing complaining? Am I sowing finger pointing? Am I sowing not bringing a tithe to the storehouse? Am I sowing those? What? And then, and then one, I wonder, and some people will say, okay, Brother, I've, Pastor, I've tithed for 20 years. I've never seen nothing. And in due season, those who do not weary, those who do not faint, in due season they'll reap that reward. Your due season may be on the other side, but God will bless you on this side, I promise you. 42 years of experience, God has taken care of us. 42 years. Now, sometimes we have, a, we have a large group of people here that are in master's programs, master's degrees, and people here that have their master's degree and they're very educated. They've had to invest in that. They've done their part. They've invested. God will tell you and show you how to do your part, but sowing proclaims God's law. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. What one man sows, that also will he reap. Look at this. If you sow a thought, you'll reap an action. If you sow a thought, you'll reap an action because all thoughts, if they're acted upon, become actions. If you sow an action, you'll be re reap a habit. So if I do something time after time after time for 42 years, then it becomes a habit. If I, reap a ha if I sow a habit, then I reap character, good or bad. I may choose something bad. I may choose a lifestyle that's not good, it's not healthy. And time after time, now it becomes a habit, it becomes a bad habit, then it's for, it forms bad character. And then if I sow character, I reap a destiny. In other words, that's what I become. If I want to start working out, if I want to start running, if I want to start investing, if I want to start giving, if I want to start being nice to a neighbor, if I want to start taking food to the, the sheltered or those who are Without, if I start doing that, it builds a character of love and compassion and sincerity. If I stub my nose at people who are on the, on the wayside holding a cardboard sign and say, they'll go get a job, and which in, case, in some cases may be true, but it's not for me to judge. It's for me to be quiet if I choose not to give to them. Just be quiet and move on to the next. We, we know that sowing proclaims God's law. I'm going to bring a tithe to the storehouse. I'm going to bring it to God's house. I'm going to take God at his word that this becomes law. Well, I can't afford it. Well, then I would, start, I would start with something that you can afford. I would start low. I can't afford to be nice to someone. Well, then find something nice to say. Or as most of our parents said when we were growing up, if you have nothing nice to say, then don't say anything at all. Just be quiet. 
Don't, don't walk in judgment because what, what Jesus said, judge not lest you be judged. For the measure that you judge, that same measure will come back to you. And so we're harsh judges on people. Do we believe what Jesus says? Because Jesus, by the way, said that he would, that all would be saved, all right? He also said, call upon the name of the Lord and you are saved. So now he's saying, if you judge, don't that same measure is going to be judged back. So we have to be careful. That's the law of sowing and reaping. So number three, we reap in different seasons than when we sow. So we, in, in, in uh, Iowa, or most of the Midwestern states, the gestation period is between 90 and 127 days. So beans might be 90, a corn might be 127 days. Uh, the bamboo, ja the Japanese bamboo tree takes five years. You plant the seed, there's literally no growth for the first four years. Why? Because it's digging roots. Maybe you're giving and giving and giving. You're giving your time, you're giving your talents, you're giving your treasure, you're giving, you're giving, you're giving, you're not getting anything back. God is just digging a deep root cycle for you. And you're going to be blessed beyond belief. All of a sudden, the winds of heaven are going to open up, and you're going to be blessed. And you're like, where's all this coming from? God's granted you wisdom and strategy and honor because of the years of digging roots that you've been. And all of a sudden, boom. And that Japanese bamboo tree grows 90 feet in one year. Now, what if after the third year, they stopped watering it and fertilizing it? What if the fourth year, they dug up the seed and threw it away? The fifth year grows 90 feet in one year. That may be God's blessings on year, but we reap in different seasons than we sow. In the springtime, it's generally planting in the Midwest or in agricultural states, Piedmont area of North Carolina. They'll go out in the spring and they'll plant, okay? And then in the fall, you'll see tractors out there. You'll see harvesters out there, combines out there. We have a friend named uh, John who had passed away a year ago, and he had gotten his crop in the field, and he passed away in August, I believe it was, right before your father. And uh, Marcus, I think they put a picture on Instagram. There were six or eight farmers that came in and harvested his field for him. What a wonderful thing. I mean, just amazing how, how much this harvest means to a family, but then how much this harvest means to God. So you may start to sow something, and you say, next week, Pastor, I, man, I sowed. I was kind all week, and, man, I, everybody just got mad at me. At the, you know, they started doing things, and they were giving me the one-finger one wave and all that kind of stuff. And it may take a little while. It may take just some time for you to plant those seeds. And if you plant those seeds right, it'll, it'll, be, a, it'll be a different harvest. Genesis 8 and 22 says this. This is God's promise to Noah right after he performs the, the rainbow. Okay, and he says, listen, I'm not going to flood the earth at all ever again. I promise you that. Every time it rains, you're going to see a rainbow up there. That's my promise to you. And then he says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease, will not cease. Every time it's cold or hot, whether it's summer or winter, whether it's day or night, seed time and harvest will not. When you plant a seed, it will grow up. If you plant a seed spiritually, it will grow up. If you plant a seed tangibly, it will grow up. If you plant a seed financially, it will grow up. If you plant a seed relationally, it will grow up. Now, if it's a bad seed, it will grow up bad. If it's a good seed, it will grow up good. It will, grow, it will grow up and it will bless you. You need to know that because whenever you understand the sowing and the reaping, there is a time there. Number four, the seed looks different than the fruit. 
We don't pay tithes, we bring tithes. We don't uh, pay somebody, we, we, we loan to, but God said in, in, in uh, Proverbs, whenever we uh, provide for someone who is uh, without, we are actually loaning to God. And don't you know he pays good interest? He pays high rewards. The seed looks different than the fruit. Janie likes peaches. She likes those South Carolina peaches. They're kind of fuzzy, and they're just, they're not firm, but they're not real soft. And, and, and some friends of ours brought some back from South Carolina one time, and she just, man, Mark, I love these peaches. I, I don't really love peaches, and I'll tell you why I don't like peaches, because one time when I was younger, I bit into a peach, and the seed in those things is about like that. And it's hard, and it's crunchy. And I, ah, that hurt my tooth. The seed doesn't look anything like the fruit. And you can, some seeds are edible, some seeds are, they're spent like Marcus said about the forest fire. There's little seedlings in there that are so hard that the fire has to burn to free the seed so that it can grow. The seed looks different than the fruit, but the seed is there. And when you look at it this way, the seed's always in the fruit. So you, you, uh, you go to work, you, you, make a, you make a living, and all of a sudden uh, you, you take the seed and you give some back to God. God asked for 10% in Malachi uh, 3.10. You, you, you give some back, all right? And then there's more seed. So what happens, though, is some people eat the seed. It's like if you're a farmer in Iowa and you, you, uh, you go out and there's no uh, harvest, and you, your, your spouse says, hey, where's the harvest this year? Well, we ate the seed. We got hungry, and so we ate it right around February, right before, right before planting season. So when we eat the seed, we can't expect to harvest. The seed is in the middle of the fruit, and that's part of the reproduction system. I did a, a math equation one time on one apple. One apple. Just one apple. If you planted the seeds from the, that one apple, and you allow them to grow, and then the apples from that tree over a 20-year period hit the ground, and then they... you planted those seeds, and all of a sudden you have an orchard, you have at the end of 20 years, you have 250 million apple trees. Trees. The math is great. See, the seed looks different than the fruit. Here's an apple seed. We spit it out. We throw it away. It's no good. God sees an orchard. He just wants us to be he wants, to follow, he wants us to follow what he's giving for us. Don't eat the seed. In fact, Jesus says regarding sowing and reaping, if you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven. He says that in Matthew's gospel. So what does, that, what does it have to do with it? Because in the church world especially, church, Grace Church, there's a lot of unforgiveness. There's a lot of people that just, they, they walk in unforgiveness. They walk in spite. They walk in offense. They walk in like, that person did that to me, and I'm just, I'm going to get them back. And you're better off, and it takes time, trust me, you're better off just saying, I'm not going to let that person own me anymore. I'm not going to let that person's act own me any, anymore. I'm not going to let that person spite. Or if I can just walk in forgiveness, now all of a sudden I become a free creature in Christ Jesus because I have to forgive. First thing Jesus said from the cross was, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. He, he had to walk in the same forgiveness he encourages us to walk in. Listen, this is stuff hopefully you can take home with you. It's not a rah-rah. You're not on your feet dancing and clapping and shouting and, and running around the church. Although the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. 
Give the Lord a shout of praise really quickly. Can you do that? Paul says some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. So we don't even know what we're doing through life as we go through. Paul said to set some things aside for the beginning of the week that we could bring it into the house of the Lord. Pastor, you're stepping on my toes. No, I'm just trying to educate you. I'm glad someone sat down with me and said, hey, here's what you need to do. Really? I got to give away 10%? You don't have to. You get to. But if you do, God will make that 90% way, way more valuable than the 100% that you have. How's that work? Doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to make sense. Most of what God says doesn't make sense because he operates in the spiritual. We operate in the physical. As long as we operate in the physical, we're not going to understand everything, but it has physical blessings and consequences related to it. Can you say amen? amen? Number five, the harvest is always greater than the seed. You can say amen on that one. So if, you mean if I plant 10%, I'm going to get 90% back? No, you're actually going to get 100% back. God just wants there's more seed in that plant, in that harvest, so he wants to give you that, that 10% back. If I'm nice to everybody that I come in contact with, will everybody be nice to me? Possibly. But at the same time, you'll know how to handle those people who are maybe a little bit negative towards you or complaining. Or maybe you'll just remove some of the, the complaining and negativity in your life, and God will bring you around different people. We have, uh, when we pastored in Iowa, we pastored there for seven years, and we had uh, people in our church that were uh, great, great, really cool uh, men who were farmers and just really cool and laid back. Like all the farmers I know from Iowa, none of them were high strung. They were just all like, hey, how you doing, Pastor? And we, we talked to them, and we talked about the, the farming, we talked about the weather. There's either too wet or not wet enough. And I always tell them, is that a prerequisite to being a good farmer? What? The weather? Well, yeah, I mean, it's really what we're doing. We we rely on the weather. One farmer said to me, his name was Rick. He said, you know, Pastor, I think farmers have the most faith of anybody in the world. I said, why is that, Rick? He said, well, most of the farmers I know go in February of every year and borrow a million dollars so they can plant their seed, hoping that God rains cause the sun, and they can take that crop out, pay the million back, and then uh, have enough for their family. I said, well, that does take a lot of faith. Jeannie and I were driving on Highway J26 uh, out towards Essex, Iowa. When we go back, uh, up until not too long ago, when we go back, Jeannie would set a hair appointment in, in Essex, Iowa for, with her old hairdresser. Uh, not that the old hairdresser's old, just her former hairdresser. And her name is Peggy, and Peggy's a wonderful person. And we, we remember this several years ago. We were driving back, and the left side of the highway, the corn was at least 10 feet tall and rich, rich green looking, just incredible. Am I, am I correct in saying that? At least 10 feet tall. It was August. It was beautiful. And the corn on the right side of the highway was maybe three feet tall and kind of browning. It was, just, it was a distinct difference. You couldn't guess. And, and we, were going, we were going through, and we knew this stuff over here was John's, Peggy's husband, and we didn't know for sure this was because he, he farmed 3,500 acres. He's, he farmed a good portion of that county. And so we drop, I dropped Danny off at, at, uh, at Peggy's house, and um, Peggy's doing her hair, and, and, and Janie said, hey, uh, Peggy, we noticed that on the way in, 
for, you know, like a mile or two, the corner of the left-hand side was, man, it was 10 feet tall. It was dark green, but the corner of the right side was maybe three feet tall and burning up. And, and, and Janie said, now that corner on the left, that's yours, isn't it? She said, yeah, that's all ours. She was all, yeah, 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 that's ours. That's ours. And, and uh, the stuff on the right, is that yours? Oh, no, that's, that's not ours at all. Is that another farmer's? Do they not area? Same seat as ours, Peggy said. And Janie said, what do, you, what do you think? I mean, why? She said, I can only tell you this, that years ago, your husband taught us how to tithe. And because we tithe, we believe God's blessing is on us. Because we believe God's blessing is on us, it doesn't matter if it's a drought or not. It's not the seed. It's who the seed giver is. And those people had a bountiful harvest that year because, by their admission, because they brought a tithe to the storehouse, that God would continue to bless them and look out for them. Can you give the Lord a shout of praise? That's God's faithfulness. That's, God, that's how God works. The seed is always, the harvest is always greater than the seed, church. Come on back, worship team. The harvest is always better or bigger than the seed. We, I counted an ear of corn one time. I thought, well, one little kernel goes into the ground. How, how can this first, and then, then you have the stalk, you have the root, the stalk, you have the husk, you have the corn. 934 kernels on that, on that one ear of corn, almost a thousandfold increase. Almost a thousandfold. Think about that for a second. If, if you knew today that you gave a dollar to God, you were going to get a thousand dollars back in, in three months or six months, everybody would be just emptying their pockets. Why? Because that's God's principle, it's God's law. But the enemy wants us to stop. The enemy's like, no, nah, church got enough money, church is rich, God's got enough money, he's got count one thousand hills, he doesn't need it. All true. God doesn't, need a, God doesn't need our money. He needs our obedience. He needs us to walk in his obedience. So that, why? So that we can be blessed. You talk to people in our church who are small business owners or they're leaders or they're, or they're God's blessing them. To a T, they've said, you know, it's all from God. Why? Because humility and the fear of the Lord is riches, honor, and life. In fact, Solomon says it this way in, in Proverbs. I think we have the scripture, Proverbs 11, 24 through 26. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. What? How's that work? This is the richest man in the world at the time. Another was whole that, that what he should give, and he only suffers once. He, he keeps holding, holding, let me, let me get it, let me get it, let me hoard, 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 and they still want more. Whoever brings blessings will be enriched, and who, one who waters will himself be watered. The people curse him and hold back grain, but a blessing is on the heads of him who sells it. Solomon, the richest man who ever lived this side of Jesus, says if you just scatter and you give, God's going to give you back 30, 60, 100,000 fold multiplied riches. Now again, we don't give so we can get. We give out obedience because God says, it's all yours anyways, God. All this, all this comes from you. Seed time and harvest. It will always exist. As long as this earth exists, seed time and harvest. So we have to plant. We have to water. And then God gives the increase. Stand with me right where you're at today. Solomon says this, basically, if you want to be rich, give. If you want to be poor, grasp. Hold on to it. If, if you want a full life, hand it out. If you want a stingy life, hoard it. 
Yeah. Pastor, I'm not sure if that's true. Well, again, in my life, 42 years of marriage, God's never failed us. It never failed us. Has there been lean times? Yes, there has. Of course there is. Has God always come through? Yes, and normally he's used somebody for it. And he'll use us, he'll use you for the same thing. So I want you to, if you're comfortable, raise your hands for a moment. Close your eyes. I'm not going to ask any questions. I just want you to impart this one thing. Is there anything physical? Is there anything tangible, financial? Is there anything, uh, you know, personal where maybe you, you've lacked forgiveness to, into somebody? Or maybe you say, hey, I, you know, it's, I, maybe I am a little bit of a, a hoarder. Maybe I, maybe I don't give freely like God wants me to. Or maybe you're going through a season in your life where, God, I just don't know if I can do this. Then I ask God to release faith in you that you can. That's just release faith. God, just release faith. Just release faith and obedience. This is not a message to condemn. It's not even a message to convict unless the Holy Spirit convicts you. This is a message of education, of teaching, of instruction that just says, listen, if you bring your tithe to the storehouse, that there will be meat in my house and prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts, I will open the windows of heaven upon you and pour out a blessing that you cannot re receive it. The Lord showed me that scripture years and years and years and years ago. And he's always been faithful. And you know, if he's faithful for me, he'll be faithful for you as part of the harvest. Father, I pray for those today who are contemplating even anything, Lord, if, of, about good seed. Lord, about sowing good seed in, in a family member, a friend, church, in, in, in words or deeds, actions or finances. I pray, Lord, that you continue to help us all so good seed, Lord, that we can reap a good harvest. And we know the harvest is going to be more than the seed we planted. Hosea said where they sowed the wind, there became a whirlwind. There was, there was massive seed planting and harvest. So, Father, we pray just as we learn from our farmer friends that we plant that seed, you'll bring back the harvest. And it'll be a good harvest. So bless our folks here at Grace Church. Bless those watching online. Bless the people who are uh, endearing themselves, Father Lord, to, to give to you of their times, of their talent, and their treasure. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship the Lord's song. God bless you.
Amen. How many of you received that message today? Wasn't that powerful? What a powerful message. What a good reminder of the ability that we have to sow and to reap. So I love the illustration, Papa, that you gave about like a farmer, just the idea of holding on to the seed, kind of afraid to sow it in the ground because, well, then my seed is all gone. You know, and it's that ability to say, all right, I'm trusting God with the weather. I'm trusting the soil that it is going to, I have to let go of it first, though, in order to happen. It reminds me of John 12, 24. It says, very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Isn't that powerful? Just, a, just about the apples and all that kind of stuff. And you can apply that to your finances. You can apply that to your time. You can apply that to your energy. But look what the rest of that verse says. It says, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. So while we did talk a lot about money and we talked about other things today, even in general, you can take that to apply to your whole life to say, God, I'm willing to take up my cross and to die out to this world and surrender my whole life, kind of like what we see in baptism when we go into the water as if we are dying to ourselves, only to be brought back up to be raised in the newness of life. Amen. We are crucified with Christ, but together with him, we live. Amen. Amen. So with that, why don't we just, uh, I'm going to put a blessing on you and pray for you. I'm going to pray for your finances, if that's the thing that's going on in your life. Um, I'm going to pray that you obey God uh, in, in what he is calling you to do. But even most importantly, above anything else, that your whole life, if you could just say, God, I'm willing today to surrender that to you. If you do want to make that decision, then please come see me afterwards. I can give you the next steps in following Jesus Christ today. But why don't we pray? Lord, I thank you that you are so trustworthy that we can take the seed of our life and we can give it to you, knowing that if we die, Lord, for, with you in Christ, we will live forever. Lord, so that we can trust you even in our finances, that those that might even need a financial miracle in this place, God, as they obey you, as we obey you in our tithes and in our offerings, we can trust, Lord, that you will not see the righteous forsaken. God, that you will, that we will reap a harvest. God, that we will never lack for anything. Lord, as long as we trust you, as we obey you, and we worship you in our giving, even with our time and with our talents, with our energy, God, as we do what you've called us to do, we know that you will bless us back abundantly. God, and not even so that we see it here on this earth all the times, but one day in heaven, Lord, we'll look at you and we'll see the harvest of souls. God, that made it to heaven, Lord, as, as one small part because of the gift that we gave here on the earth, this earth, as the seed that we planted into the soil of the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray that you'd bless those, bless them financially, bless them emotionally, spiritually. God, in, in every way, physically, God, I ask that you would help us to uh, put our faith, our hope, and our trust in you, allowing that seed to die here on this earth so that we will live forever in eternity. I pray that you bless us with a great week. Fill us with your Holy Spirit to do the work that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for joining us for today's service. 
If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.